The best, the brightest, from the Statue of Liberty to the Golden Gate Bridge, from the Blackfoot River to the Rio Grande, and everywhere in between. These men and women have made it their mission to support small business owners across America. They are sales managers, business development officers, processors, packagers, underwriters, chief credit officers, and executives. Better known as SBA Titans, and this is where they tell their stories. Now here's your host, Ryan Smith, principal and founder of Think SBA. Hey there, everyone. This is Ryan Smith, principal and founder of Think SBA. I'd like to welcome you to this second edition of the SBA Titan podcast. We have SBA Titan himself, Tim Shuda from Celtic Bank here with us. Uh, what I'd like to do now is to walk you through a little background on Tim, and then we'll jump right into the questions. Tim has been in SBA financing for over 31 years. He has financed over $200 million in SBA loans. He specializes in acquisitions and hotels, and the largest loan that he's ever funded personally is over $15 million. Tim, welcome to SBA Titan. Good morning, Ryan. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to this interview. Yeah, absolutely. So the SBA Titan exists to recognize and acknowledge individuals who have been in SBA financing for over 30 years. Tim, as I've already mentioned, definitely meets that criteria. But it's also to dive into the lives of these individuals and learn how SBA financing has enhanced their lives as a career. Before we do that, what I'd like to do is ask you, Tim, what did you want to be when you grew up? You know, I, I always wanted to be um, a Wall Street guy. I wanted to work, be a banker because I grew up in the uh, in the New York City area. My dad was in Wall Street. Uh, everybody around us was uh, yeah, in that uh, arena. And so uh, I always had my eyes kind of set on commercial banking. And uh, so I, I majored in finance at the University of Vermont. And also at UVA, where I got my MBN, and uh, I've been in banking my whole career. That's great. What was your first foray into SBA lending? How did you get into SBA lending? You know, it was kind of uh, strange. I was working for um, the savings and loan in San Diego, HomeFed Bank. And when we had the savings and loan crisis hit, uh, business development officers were the first to go. Uh, so I found myself in San Diego where it was nothing but small business and I was a corporate lender and uh, nothing was happening. I didn't want to go back to LA or San Francisco. So I ended up cold calling on Dave Bartram at Bank of Commerce, got past his secretary and uh, he gave me uh, a chance to be a BDO. And uh, my sales manager at the time was Craig Francis, who was, as you know, kind of SBA folklore probably the most successful uh, 7A lender. And so that's how I got into it. And uh, I learned from Craig in the initial years, which was, um, which was very helpful. That's great. I appreciate you providing us with that background. SBA lending, commercial lending in general, isn't easy. SBA lending isn't easy. Also, uh, there are a lot of external factors that press upon SBA lenders, business development officers, chief credit officers, et cetera. 
Can you give us a behind the scenes in your career, how you've been able to last for over 30 years? You know, you got to roll with the ups and downs. You got to learn to accept rejection. You have to know how to talk to people and uh, really listen to them, uh, hear what they have to say. And, you know, you're going to have uh, deals that get away and uh, you feel like it was uh, unfair, uh, but you have to hold your um, your ego in check. I never give anybody a hard time if they move on and go to another lender. And it's amazing how oftentimes they'll come back to you because that other lender was making false promises. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's, a, that's a great point. And Tim, if you will, for those younger business development officers who will be watching this, can you give us a little bit of the, the secrets, uh, if you will, to your success? Uh, you talked about it a little bit, but how have you groomed clients of yours to be existing clients, but then also long-term clients? How have you been able to be successful within the SBA ecosystem in terms of sales managers, executives, chief credit officers. Talk to us a little bit about that, please. You know, in the uh, early going, I was with Imperial Bank based out of LA, uh, and uh, we were very uh, entrepreneurial, very aggressive, unstructured. I was the first BDO that they hired. And um, I found a, an Indian loan broker who was actually um, well-connected in Southern California. And he started bringing me independent motels. Now, at that time, nobody was doing independent motels. Everybody wanted the flag, newer properties, the, uh, you know, the interior corridors. But we were doing them, and we were doing a lot of them and getting full prop, as we call it, five plus two and three quarters. And, you know, the, oftentimes, I'll say these Patel families that run them were living in the manager's quarters. They're real hands-on managers, and they paid like clockwork. Uh, you know, they're never going to let you foreclose no matter that this is basically their home and their business. They're going to do whatever they can to make payments on your loan. So we had a real successful track record. And before you know it, I had other uh, hotel brokers coming to me, and that's really how I, I took off. They started nicknaming me uh, Tim Patel out there, uh, which was kind of a so um, I'd have to get this one initial broker a lot of credit for helping me uh, get up to speed. And that's a great segue to the next question. Uh, it sounds like that was the turning point for you. So in my life, I uh, became a banker uh, at the age of 35. And it was only a couple of years later when I realized that banking would be my career. Tell us a little bit about that instant uh, or that instance in your own life when SBA lending went from, well, hey, let me try it out to, wow, this could be a career. Uh, I can earn an income. I can support my family. I can save for retirement. Tell us about that time. You know, when I first got into it, I thought it would be fun because I had been a corporate lender calling on CFOs and treasurer. I thought it would be fun to calling on small business owners, be more meaningful, really make a difference in people's lives. I never really thought I would make a whole lot of money in this business. But uh, over the years, I'd say by the third or fourth year, I realized that, you know, they're really setting me up 
in business for myself. They're paying my salary, they're taking care of all of my expenses, and they're giving me an unlimited upside. And I took advantage of that and had some banner years. Uh, I had two years back to back where I did 15 million. And uh, I, I never would have imagined I made the kind of money that I did. And uh, it really set us up for life uh, quite nicely. So I won't give too much uh, away, but I, I will say that uh, Tim lives uh, somewhere uh, <laughs> within spitting distance of the Pacific Ocean. He's an avid surfer. Uh, he rides his electric bike along uh, with his wife. So I can tell you that SBA financing uh, has done very, very well for Tim Schnuda. Uh, the next thing I'd like to ask, Tim, as far as work-life balance, give our audience some insight into how SBA financing and SBA lending, being a business development officer, uh, has allowed you not only to make a, a career uh, out of SBA lending, but also to be with your family, because I know it's very important to you to be with your family, uh, to support your family and for your family to feel like uh, not only is dad supporting us, not only uh, is my husband supporting us, but uh, dad's with us and, and we can go on family trips. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, being a business development officer, as you well know, allows you, you know, to basically do a lot of your business on the phone. Even back in the early years, that was the case. Uh, and so I was able to go to the kids' games. I was able to uh, be there for emergencies that came up. And, um, you know, that was the, the benefit. The negative was that you never really could take a family vacation where you just totally dropped everything and got away. It was always a working vacation. I tried to get my business day out of the way before my wife and kids would wake up so it wouldn't really interfere with our, uh, with our enjoyment. And I think I did a pretty good job of that, although there were times when, you know, it was just unavoidable. And, um, but uh, unlike being an underwriter where you're kind of rooted to the office, rooted to the, you know, the desktop, it really provided that flexibility. Yeah, I can commiserate with that. Absolutely. So it's almost like I, I tell people, I work all the time, but I never work, right? Because we have that freedom. So Tim and I will meet up for coffee uh, near the the coast in San Diego quite often. Uh, but then again, when we're on vacation, uh, you know, deals never sleep. So uh, we have to continue to keep them moving forward. That means uh, answer the phone, email, et cetera. But like you said, a good practice is to do those types of things in the morning uh, and then maybe in the evening. Every career has its ups and downs. Uh, no career is linear on the way up. Tim, can you tell us about those difficult times that you've experienced, whether that's because of the lender you're with, maybe the leadership team, maybe external forces from politics uh, or the economy? You know, uh, what, what comes to mind is um, in 2008, 2009, the Great Recession. I was with Comerica at the time, and I had been with Imperial Bank slash Comerica, which eventually took us over for 17 years. And uh, when the recession hit, it really hit us hard like it did most banks. And they really just almost stopped underwriting entirely. And we basically went through a, a, a dramatic change upheaval in our department. We let half of the people go, uh, including myself, I opted to take a really nice severance package, which was nice. 
And I wanted to get back in with the lender that was actually lending. And I didn't see sitting around with Comerica, you know, uh, being very selective about we could, what we could do. So that was probably the, the biggest challenge that I had. And, uh, after 17 years, it's hard to make, you know, that change. Uh, but I eventually went to Borrego Springs and several other banks and did, did well with them because they were lending and aggressive. Was there ever a time when you felt like quitting or you were discouraged to the point where, you know, uh, there's one individual I know, he told me this about his career several years ago, that he was so discouraged in his career, literally he got the paper out and started looking through the classified ads. Have you ever gone to that point in uh, your career where you thought, you know what, I'm just going to throw in the towel, I'm going to change careers? In my first year, I went through that. I didn't do that well. We, at that time, we were just a local lender in the San Diego marketplace. We only did seven A's. And Craig Francis, uh, my sales manager, was also basically competing with me as a sales as a salesperson. He was so well known. He was, uh, you know, associated very heavily with Bank of Commerce. It was hard for a new BDO to come in, and uh, without that experience, like he had. So I started thinking about getting into middle market and corporate lending. Well, fortunately, uh, an opportunity came with uh, Imperial Bank. I jumped over there, and um, like I said before, it uh, really worked out well for me there. That's great. Obviously, it worked out well. What would you tell young business development officers who are now with a bank, with a lender, they're having a difficult time building that book of business, building those centers of influence, those referral partners, Maybe they're where you were over 30 years ago now, and they're struggling. What would you tell them as far as just how to be successful and keep going? What were the mindset shifts for you to allow you to really struggle, but then succeed out of that pain? I found if you really took care of your referral partners, your loan brokers, the word of mouth referral system would uh, come dumped towards you, and uh, I took advantage of that with uh, Haroon Rashid, with my first loan broker. And uh, I think with other loan brokers that you set your sights on that are doing very well but are working with other BDOs, you have to be persistent. You have to be there because there, inevitably there's going to be a loan where that other SBA lender turns it down. They come to you, and you got to hope that you're going to get that done for them. And if you do, you know, their loyalty tends to be very um, short-lived. So they tend to go to the bank that did right by them in the last deal. So that's how I was able to shag some loan brokers away from other BDOs and keep them, keep them happy. So if you're a BDO out there working with a loan broker like me, I'm going to give you a little insight here on what Tim has been able to do to foster uh, and to further our relationship. So as, as Tim mentioned, uh, a gentleman named Craig Francis, Craig is prolific in SBA financing. I was introduced to Craig before I started my business. He actually mentored me before I started this business and largely was responsible for my early success. Uh, he's given me a lot of great tips and best practices that I use to this day. I still remember meeting with Tim for the first time at a diner near the coast in Encinitas, California. And I left that meeting and I thought, you know, I'm probably not going to do a lot of deals with this guy. 
not because I didn't like him. He's the most likable person on the planet, but because I didn't think that I would find loans that his bank would like. Well, I couldn't have been more wrong. Tim and I have closed over $20 million in loans over the past four years. Tim did my first SBA loan. And here's what I could tell you that I absolutely loved about Tim as a lender working with me, a broker. Number one, Tim is very quick to assess the loan opportunity as it relates to his bank. So whether or not Celtics wants to, is going to say yes or whether they're going to say no. Tim is extremely accurate on that and Tim's very quick then to issue a term sheet so that we can provide that to the borrower. From there, Tim is involved the whole way. He's very communicative and I never feel like Tim goes away. And then lastly, I'll, I'll say a lot of BDOs I work with, especially the younger ones, they're great. They know the SOP. They're doing a lot in volume, but they don't make it a point to reach out to me. I always have to reach out to them. That's not the way it is with Tim. Tim is very communicative. He always reaches out to me before I need to reach out to him. And then I'll say this, he always makes sure that I get paid quickly. Again, a lot of BDOs just kind of go away once the loan is funded. Not Tim, he stays there because he knows I don't get that bi-weekly or bi-monthly paycheck, right? Um, I rely on those checks coming from those lenders to feed my family. And Tim realizes that, respects that, and he makes sure that those commission checks or wires come very quickly. You know, I want, one thing I wanted to mention was uh, when you, the LOI, getting that out, I like to get that out as quick as possible. It's nice at Celtic that they allow me to do that and get the check and good faith deposit from the borrower, get them off the street, get them working with you. Uh, that's so paramount. Yeah, and returning calls, uh, it's astounding me how some BDOs out there don't return calls right away. It's such a simple, easy thing to do. Uh, I've always pr prided myself on being very responsive. Um, nobody's ever accused me of not returning phone calls. Let's put it that way. Hey, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be the first Tim. <laughs> so, as I already shared with you, Tim is a wealth of knowledge. He's been in the SBA world for over 30 years. So, Tim, this is where we're going to give you the opportunity to shine, to show off what you know. And the first question that I have for you. What would you say is the biggest myth of SBA financing? That it takes too, way too long. You know, they have recollections of years ago before they assigned the preferred lender status to, to lenders, allowing them to basically underwrite the loan in-house without having to send the whole file to the SBA. It used to be that way, way back when, but now with the preferred lender status, we're ba it's basically like a conventional loan and just slap the guarantee on there. So you have to kind of overcome that misconception out there. Got it. What makes SBA so special? Um, there are a lot of borrowers out there. They come to me, they come to you. I'm sure you get this question, you know, is SBA right for me? Is conventional right for me? Uh, Tim, what makes the SBA so special? It's such an awesome program. You know, I've, I've traveled around the world and most other countries don't have anything close to having an SBA. Um, which allows small business owners to bootstrap themselves into buying a, a business or a building. I mean, where else can you, people come over here, work a few years, get their green card, and suddenly they can get a 90% loan 
from the government. And I've seen some, I've seen people who came over here with really nothing to them side and have just built these empires, particularly in the hotel arena. And it's just amazing. Talk about it, achieving the American dream. This allows you to do it. Might might sound a little like grandiose, but it really does. Tim, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, you know, giving people the opportunity to improve their station in life. Just like you said, it's an amazing program. There are other countries that do not have a program similar to this. Uh, and it does allow not only United States citizens, but individuals who come here are naturalized as permanent residents to also take advantage of this capital that they wouldn't otherwise be able to take advantage of or get conventionally. Tim, what is something that many people out there, whether they're searchers, business owners, entrepreneurs, what is something that many people don't know about SBA financing that you do know and that you would like them to know? They don't realize that you can get 90% financing. You know, they've been looking down the conventional route where you have to have 20 or 30%. And they're just saying, hey, wait, I can get a 90% loan? Why would, why would the government do that? Isn't that really risky for them? So uh, they're just blown away with it when they come to you and hit, first hear that. And uh, it's not until they get that LOI they realize, wow, this is surreal. Yeah, that's awesome. SBA is a powerful program. And those of us, again, who are inside, we do understand. But a lot of what we do is educating those outside who don't have that knowledge. But it's almost like we're un wrapping a gift box for them when we tell them, yeah, you can leverage this up this far. And they go, wow, I didn't know. And now what I thought was impossible is now possible. In that vein, Tim, tell us about the most memorable loan that you funded as an SBA lender. You know, um, I did one a couple of years ago. It was, uh, I didn't, I never did many 504s, but I did a 504 Roundup construction on a Las Vegas gas station, another business site that I've never really had much experience with. And what that took to get done, you know, working with the CDC and our construction department, a lot of hand-holding, a lot of calls, a lot of emails back and forth. But it was a huge loan, so I kept reminding myself, I know this is a lot of work, but it's going to pay off in the end. And it doesn't pay off until the, the debenture is issued, as you know, uh, on the CDC portion of it. But it was a big loan. It was about $11 million and a uh, huge payday. It was a nice check that I was able to write to the loan broker. Uh, so that was very satisfying. But boy, there were times when I'm like, you know, this is the last time I'm going to do a ground up construction deal because it really is a whole lot more work. You just have to be prepared for it. Yeah, those are a lot of work. In fact, I'm going to loan committee on one today, and we've been working on this for almost one year. Uh, it, it is a lot of work. Tim, I know there was a time in your career when you were working with a client. For some reason, the loan wasn't going according to plan, and you needed to put on the cape, go into the phone booth. For those young kids out there, we used to have phone booths on the streets and come out with that S on your chest and save the day. Tell us about a loan where you had to be the one to jump in, organize the information, or bring in 
the individuals who have the decision-making power to get that loan over the finish line. Yeah, I have one loan where um, the uh, the borrower was really having a struggle with uh, a relatively green loan closer. It seemed to the borrower that the, the loan closer kept asking for the same item and then new ones. It, every time they got a need slip, there was something else on there. And they really were uh, at the point where they were ready to throw in the towel. They called me out of desperation. So I had to get management involved. I really had to kind of take control of it from the uh, inexperienced loan closer and get it over the finish line. And the borrower at the end, he said, you know, Tim, if you hadn't jumped in, I was ready to move on. I was just at my wits end. So that was very satisfying that I was able to save that. You know, at the last impression that you leave with the borrowers and the loan clo- uh, the, um, the loan brokers is how they deal with the closing apartment. I learned from that experience that I really can't just leave it to them. I really have to be there with them and, uh, you know, not, not uh, delegated too much. That was a good experience. Awesome. Yeah. And that's just a testament again, to the fact that you don't leave, you don't depart, you just don't go back to picking up the phone, but you stay with your clients the whole way. I'm going to give you now uh, the opportunity, Tim, to make one change to the SBA lending program. If there were one thing today that you would change about the SBA lending program, what would it be? Well, I wrote down three, but uh, the okay, biggest- give us three. The biggest one would be raising the uh, limit from 5 million to 10 million. I think we all would love that. And why it hadn't changed for 5 million since, I don't know when it was, I mean, it's been a long time. With all this inflation and everything we're having, it just doesn't make any sense. That would be the first thing. Second one would be uh, the paperwork process for smaller loans. They've made some inroads there, but but nothing like they could. Um, that really needs to change, uh, and I think they need to up the threshold, make it you know small loans up to like seven fifty, eight hundred, something like that. And then the third one is the requirements of uh, what they require for affiliates. It's just mind-boggling to me that on every affiliate that they own, we have to get three years tax returns and an interim business debt schedule. It's, I've had applicants that are so strong, they're SBA eligible, but they've got over 20 affiliates. And it just makes it a, a gargantuan task. So those would be three I would mention. I'm with you. I, I think bumping it up is, uh, is definitely the first order of uh, the, of the first order that they need to do would be to, to bump that up to 10 million. Tim, I really appreciate you being with me today, sharing these insights, helping these younger business development officers as they grow in their career in SBA financing. Tim, just give us a, a little bit about where you're at today, what you're doing and how people can get in touch with you. Yeah, I'm a, a business development officer for Celtic Bank, which is a, a one-branch bank out of Salt Lake City that lends in all 50 states. They were a preferred national lender. They hired guys like me who have been in the business a long time, know what they're doing, can hit the ground running. And you can reach me at my cell, 760-703-8464, or T-Shooter, S-C-H-U-T-T-E, at Celtic Bank dot com. I uh, hope we get to work together. 
Thank you for your time, Ryan. Really enjoyed this. Yeah, uh, I appreciate you being here. Tim, you are an SBA Titan. Thank you for everything that you've done for business owners and entrepreneurs throughout your career and have a great day. Take care, Ryan. Love to work with you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the SBA Titan podcast. We sincerely hope you've been inspired by the stories of our amazing guests. The SBA Titan podcast is produced and hosted by Ryan Smith, principal and founder of Think SBA. Think SBA is a nationwide SBA 504 and 7A loan brokerage serving small business owners and entrepreneurs. Please visit sbatitan.com for more episodes, to nominate future guests, or to discover how you can make a career serving small business owners through the SBA loan program. Have a great day.